Hey, God bless every one of you. This is Pastor Jonathan with the Church of Jubilee. Welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. You know, many times in life, we have God right before us. He's been there. He's been waiting for us. He's there waiting for us to answer and talk to him. And yet we still feel that we're alone. And in addition to that, we think that God is not around and he's not hearing us. And we begin to lose ourselves and we begin to lose the true nature of who God is. But I want you to know that God today wants to speak a word into your life. He wants to sow a seed. And he wants you to know that he is your God. And he's here at the door asking you today, who am I? Who is he to you? Who is the God that you serve to you? And as you listen to this word, I pray that you become blessed. I pray that you share it with others who don't have the word. I want you to think about that self-analyzation of the question and think, who is God? As if God would be asking you right before you, who am I? Who do they say I am? Who do you say that I am? I pray that the Lord bless you this week. And may the Lord continue to sow great good seed in your life. God bless you. This is Pastor Jonathan with Church of Jubilee Podcast. So open your Bibles. We're going to jump right into to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. Again, that's the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. I sense a heavy spirit upon the church. I sense that, and I feel this in my spirit, that I think today we just need to come together and pray against whatever the enemy has placed upon your life and in the church. Because if you're not living free, then you're not living. And as long as you feel the heavy weight on you, you're not going to go very far. But I sense the heaviness, and I rebuke it in Jesus' name. The book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 19 says this. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, they being the disciples, some say you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered to him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, Peter, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, listen to me, whatever you shall loose on earth will be loose in heaven. You may have your seats given to glory to God. Hallelujah. 
I want you to ask, your, uh, ask yourself this. I want you to imagine, because I believe the Lord has given me this message for you. And if you're here today, it's for you to hear this message. It is no coincidence. I want you to apply this to yourself and think if, if God was asking you, and he's asking you, and he says, who am I? Who am I? God is asking you today. If you can answer that question, and you can answer it very quickly and say, well, you're my God. Dig deeper. Who is God to you in your life? What does he represent? What has he done for you? What has he brought you out of? Hallelujah. So the question seems to be an interesting one that Jesus Christ asked his disciples. He's been with them for some time, and he asked them, um, he's been on a short amount of time he's been with them. He asked them, who do the people say I am? And they say, well, Elijah, they say you're Moses. They say, you know, you're uh, John the Baptist. And he goes, but who do you say I am? Isn't that a funny question to ask? Isn't that an interesting question that God is asking them? Who do they say I am? And he tells them that he says, but who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? I found that to be very interesting because it seems out of the ordinary. Would you ask a friend? I wouldn't go to Caleb and say, Caleb, what does everybody think of me? Oh, they think of you as a pastor and they think of you as my cousin and a brother and all that. But who do you say I am? My cousin, my pastor. You know, it's kind of weird that, that God asked that. But for those who think spiritually and have spent some time with God, uh, you know, Peter understood what he was really asking. He was asking a question that of who he was to see if they would be able to understand and identify that, hey, the Messiah, the God, the Son of the living God, the most almighty high God is here before me. That's what Jesus was really asking them. He was asking them, do you know me enough to know that I am with you? Do you know, have you spent time with me enough to know that I am God and I am here before you? If they had been led by their flesh, they would have said, they say that you're this. I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard of stories about the Messiah, which is the God that you are, but I'm not sure if that's you, though. They probably would say something like that because they're being led by their flesh. Amen? Anytime you're led by your flesh, you're not thinking in the spirit. Anytime you lead by the spirit, you're not thinking in the flesh. It's, a, it's, a, it's the either or. There's no lukewarm. God spits lukewarm people out of his mouth. It's what the word of God says. But if they had not known him as the Messiah, they would have known, never known him from that point on as the God that is alive and that dwells inside. Here's my point that I want you to grab from this first section. Is you have to understand that God is here to ask you today, who am I to you? Am I just another so-called God that you worship when you need me? Am I a so-called God that people say there's a God, oh, he lives in you? I know God lives in me. Or do you know him because you spent some time with him? Do you know him because you've been on your knees at times, crying your heart out because you didn't know how you were going to make it through next week. Hallelujah. But you got on your knees and you said, God, I need you to be involved right now at this moment. Because God's come to ask you today, who am I to you today? Am I, am I a, a tool that you bring out only when something is broken and you bring out, what is that tool? Jesus Christ. Let me fix this real quick because I need to fix it. And then you get done and you put the tool back in the toolbox. Who is God to you? These apostles, the disciples knew who he was because they spent time with him. 
They saw the miracles he did. They saw the way he cared for the people. They saw the way that when he preached, when he spoke, he spoke with love and care. And they said, there's something about this man, Jesus Christ, that I can't understand. But I know one thing for sure, that they have prophesied about a Messiah, and he's standing here before me today. Now, we don't have Jesus Christ in physical form to say that he stands before us today. So what he does is he leaves his spirit in each of you. He leaves his spirit, and that spirit is what tells you, don't do this, don't do that. Hey, I need to get closer to God. I've missed God for a while. I, I've been a little lonely myself, and I need to get closer to God. And, and that is who is directing you. It is the spirit of God that moves in you. But let's bring it down to a personal level. Do you know who God is in your life? Is he a sugar daddy to you? Let's just be real. Is he a sugar daddy? He gives you everything you want, but you can't fork over a little bit of your time because all he's given is giving, 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 but you can't give anything. Who is the God that we serve? Is he a truly alive God that when the struggles come, you go to him and say, I trust you, God? Or do you start doubting him and say, well, I don't know where God is. I can't hear God. I don't know what God's all about anymore. And you forget your way. Because many times, you see, God is working right before your eyes. And he's working, but you don't see him. You know why? Because you don't recognize him. You don't recognize his ways. And the reason why we don't at times recognize his ways and his will is because we haven't spent time with him. It's more than just saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to pray about it. It's more than just saying, I'm going to let God handle it. It's actually taking action and saying, getting on your knees and saying, God, I got a problem. And this problem is pretty big, God. But I know you can deliver me from it. Perhaps you haven't spent enough time in his word to know that in the Bible, it says in the book of John 1, 1, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was with God. So somebody comes, shakes you off your foundation, and all of a sudden, you don't know who you believe in anymore. You don't know who you are anymore. Because you haven't spent the time. How many of you remember when you dated your girlfriend or your wife or your husband? Raise your hand if you remember that, the times. All right. I always bring this up because I think it's so crucial. Or for those of you who are in a relationship now, you'll understand. You sent the little love letters. I love you, baby. I miss you. I'm thinking about you. I'm going to go buy you some roses. I'm going to surprise you. Roses are bought. I'll drive to the ends of the earth for you, right? You know, and you're there and, man, he hasn't answered being impatient, fidgeting. Uh, I'm just going to send a message. Did you get my message? You remember those days? That's a relationship. The reason I bring it up is because that's how your walk with God has to be. You have to wake up in the morning and say, I, 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 you know, God, I just want to thank you for today. Can I just do that for you? Can I just thank you? God, can I just send you an I love you throughout my day? Yeah, all hell's breaking loose in my life. Yeah, I don't have this, I don't have that. But you know what? Thank you for what I do have, God. Thank you for keeping me together, God. Thank you for blessing me with opportunities, God. I got a, I got a 2017 Dodge Ram out there, God. I don't deserve it, but I got it, and I'll take it, amen? And I thank God for that because I know there's people that don't have a vehicle, and I don't take it for granted and think I'm high of any way because it took a lot to get to that point. It took a lot of mornings where I felt that I woke up and felt like I was worthless because I couldn't support my family to a certain point. 
That's the real talk behind a man of God who serves God. But I tell you one thing that never changed, and that's my walk with God. I believed in God for the greatness that he is, just like I believe in him for individually your lives. Hallelujah. And what he's going to do with Jubilee. I believe he has purpose for our church. I believe he's going to continue to grow it. I believe that the seats that are here are going to be full one day. If not here at another place, but they're going to be full. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I believe in a great God. And I know he's alive. But if you don't spend the time, you'll never know who he is to you. Just like you had to get to know your significant other, and even then, with the little bits that you learned when you moved together, I heard it from every one of your, your couple. I, you were couples. I heard it from every one of you because I'm your pastor. I heard the, I don't know how I'm going to do this. He's stubborn. She's stubborn. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a mess because you thought you knew that person, but the reality is you didn't really know him to live with them. But when you know Jesus, because you live with him daily, you begin to know his ways. You begin to know that if you're at a store and somebody starts talking to you, you begin to recognize and say, God, I think you want me to speak to them about you, hallelujah, because that's how God works. Or you're walking down and you go get a coffee and they say, it's on me. And I'm like, how do, okay, I don't know where that came from, why I deserve that coffee. But I thank you, God, because I recognize you're moving in this. You have to know who he is to you. He has to be important. Just like your spouse and your girlfriend were. You were there texting them and loving them and sending them selfies. God knows how many selfies you sent to them. If you're that kind of selfie person, if you're not a selfie person, ni modo, right? But God knows how much you did for them. But when it comes to the house of God, God bless you, Pastor. What's wrong, brother? Oh, I'm blessed. You want to be here? Oh, yeah, I'm blessed. I want to be here. Raise your hand. Come on. God is speaking to a church. Has he not done enough for us? That when you, what is the, who do you think the psalmist David, and when he wrote, I will enter his, his courts with thanksgiving. I will come into his house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Do you know why he was glad? Because that was his moment where he didn't have to worry about being judged. He didn't have to worry about not being loved, being backstabbed. He didn't have to worry about that. It was all about, I got to go and get in contact with my creator, the lover of my soul. Hallelujah. So who do you spend time with? Throughout your week, self-reflect right now in this moment and ask yourself, where do I spend most of my time and who do I spend it with? Where do I spend most of my time and who do I spend it with? Because I guarantee you I can answer the question for you. This little bit of time is spent with the one who truly matters. And this little bit of time is spent with everyone else that doesn't matter. You don't spend enough time with them, so you don't recognize him. And he's there before you, and he's working in certain things, and he's working in your lives, and you're still there. I, I don't know. I don't know where God is. God, why don't you listen to me? Why don't you answer me? Why don't you hear me? And God's like, son, daughter, you're not listening to me. Because here's the thing. When you spend enough time with the flesh, you begin to act out by the flesh. Okay? And here's what I mean by that. 
When you spend enough time not in the word of God, and not like, you begin to be like the flesh. And the flesh is a beast, okay? It's a carnal beast. It will take you to go and destroy something. Okay, let me be honest with you. Most of the time when these people murder people, it's not because they, some of these people are really uh, not there, okay? But the majority of them, they build it. They, they feed the flesh little by little, little by little, little by little. And then they get to the point where they don't even know what they're doing anymore, and they act out in the flesh. So then they go and murder somebody, and they're like, that was, and then you hear everybody, that was never like him. He was never like that. Of course not. No one's ever really truly born a murderer. It's instilled. It's planted in you. And the more you feed it, the more you feed that flesh, the more you become to want more and more and more until it takes control where you can't control it anymore. And you, then you become that depressed person. Then you become that upset person. Your emotions are all over the place. You become angry at people. You start looking at them. You talk hate to them. And then you start making an idol out of everything that is not of God. But God wants you to remember today, and he says, who am I to you, church? Who am I? am I? Am I just the God of your parents, or am I the God that you know because you've spent time with me? Am I the God that your grandmother's been praying to, that that's the only reason why you come to church, is because you were raised in a Christian family, or do you know God because you know him for yourself? You know that he's the love the lamb and the lion, but he loves you, but at the same time, he has principles that we must follow. And we're okay with that. Because his love is greater. So sometimes we feel far from God, because the truth is we only want God when we need him. You see, we only want to unlock the Jesus Christ box only when we need him. So we become a user and we become addicted to his power and what he gives us instead of being addiction, uh, addicted to the God that provides. So every time we need a fix, plug into God. <sighs> Ooh, I'm ready. Yes, I feel good. And you walk off. That's not the way it works. It's a daily com conversation with God. But some of us don't have enough time. I think that's the reality. We live in a world where every single moment, I can tell you this, my wife can testify to this, every single moment that I am not doing something, reading the word of God, there's something that's taking up my time. Something is taking up my time. If it's not school, it's family. If it's not family, it's our pastoral duties. If it's not that, it's, it's um, you know, spending time with my family, the ones I love. Um, if it's not that, it's participating in my hobby that I love to do. You know, it, I mean, this is something somewhere down the line is always going to steal your time. So we become too busy. And then God forbid that we have to get down and pray for about 15 minutes because if we do that, it's too long. Amen? We have time for everything else. You know what? I thought about this last night. I said, I was asking Erica, I was like, okay, what's the name of that power station? Oh, yeah. We even know the songs to Power 102.1. We can recite the power of 102.1. We can even do the Kiki, do you love me dance. And we can say it word for word. But God forbid if I ask you to give me two scriptures that tell you who God is in your life. And you'd be like, huh? But, but pastor, power 102.1. It's, I can go over the songs. I can tell you what, good. I hope that takes you to heaven because it's sure not going to get you there. 
But I use that as an example because we know so much of the world. We listen to, we, we feed our, our minds and our bodies with so much of the filth that this world gives that when it comes to knowing God, we get confused because we don't know God's ways anymore. But because we spend so much time with the world and its ideologies that we begin to think like them. But the more you spend, this is what I want to encourage you, the more time that you just talk to God and read his word, the more time you will begin to understand his ways. So if they start dancing the kiki, do you love me dance, you can be like, let me show you a dance. It's called the Holy Ghost dance. You want to see a dance? Come to my church. I'll show you a real dance. We have a hard time making a commitment to God. Because for one hour each Sunday we get together, we come and we gather in a church like this. This is for everybody out there. You know, and, and, and we go for one hour, but when it comes to work, we'll work overtime. Shoot. You pay me double, I'll be there. I'll work 15 hours if you give me extra money. What about salvation? Is that priceless? What, what, about, what about coming to God and saying, God, you've not only delivered me from many things, you've, you've healed somebody that I know. You've saved me. You brought me back from a place where I didn't want to be. And one hour is too much for us. But pastor, you don't understand. I'm committed to my job. Uh, you know, I, well, your job's not going to get you to heaven, brother and sister. It won't heal you. It won't change your life forever. It will provide for you. But you won't permanently be changed because there's no connection spiritually to the creator, and that is God. Amen? And that is Jesus Christ. But it's all about understanding that one thing, that it has to be God's will. It has to be something that's moving in your life, and you have to be able to identify it to believe it. Because in your, as human beings, if we don't understand something, we're going to throw it out and say, I don't even know what that means. For those of you who have been married for a while, I think you understand this, what I'm going to say. You now understand that there's more to marriage than what you thought it was at the beginning, Amen. There's more to knowing, amen, there's more to knowing about, more about your spouse than you thought you got yourself into. You thought you knew somebody, but now that you've spent more time with them, now that you've spent more days with them, day by day, hour by hour, I mean 24, well, for the most part, most of us work, so the majority of time is, let's say, 16 hours, right, that you spend with them, spend with her, and, and now you're starting to really understand, okay, I don't think I knew you as well as I thought I knew you. But you work at it. Amen? But doesn't we, don't we have a little bit of backwards, though? We can spend eight hours of our flesh on anything and everything around. One hour a week giving time to Christ, it's too hard. Because then you come to church, and then you're there falling asleep. Oh, sorry. I'm a little, in Spanish it says desvelado. I'm a little fatigued because I, I stayed up too late last night. But then you come to God, and you're falling asleep. And, 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 then, and then you're throwing, and then some of us, because this has happened to me, where they're sitting there, and then our minds are cheating on God. You know how they're cheating on God? They're thinking about everything else but God. They're not here. They're, they're physically here, but they're mentally not here. Who is God to you? Is he worth it to spend an hour 
So stay completely focused and say, God, I will not my, allow my thoughts to wander into nothing that's not even important at this moment. God, I will make sure that I'm not falling asleep. And if I fall asleep, I'm going to slap myself because I got to hear what you have for me today. It's the only hour that I have in my week that I can sit here without truly being influenced by the world outside because the power of God dwells in this place. I can sit here. I need to receive something from you. So who is God? If God is asking you today, who am I to you? You have to know God for yourself. You have to understand. You have to spend time with him. You, if you don't know him as your personal savior, which I believe most of us do in this place, but if you have not yet to learn, know about him, you have to get to know him. It's like dating. You got to go back to the dating stage. Wake up, talk to God. Be in your car, talk to God. Be in your problem, talk to God. When you're there dealing with your wife or your husband, talk to God. When you're there, you know, you get something, God blesses you with $10, talk to God. Thank him for that. You know, you got a problem, talk to God. You don't have a problem, still talk to God. That's how it has to be. That's what God desires from you. So who is God to you? I believe that the Lord is speaking to the church, everybody in general. But I believe because he wants some Peters to wake up. He wants to awaken some Peters in your ministry. And, and Peters that are, are the people that understood that, hey, there is something that is here today, and I got to get a hold of it. There is somebody that is, that is needing to hear a word you know, and, and they've been struggling, and they've been dealing with themselves, and they were dealing with the, the flesh a lot, and, and, they, and they find themselves more lonelier than ever, and, and they're, they're keep, they keep quiet, and they don't say anything, but God knows who you are. God knows who you are in the deepest parts of your moments where you're in your room there, and you're there crying, or you're there all sad and down, and you're just like, God, I just want someone to come speak to me and tell me it's all going to be okay. Well, guess what? It's going to be okay. But you got to get to know him. You got to get to know, to know the lover of your soul. I know that sounds weird for a man to be like, lover of my soul? Oh, I don't know about that. Look, he loves you no matter what. And he's going to continue to love you whether you love him or not. The difference is, will you grab his hand and walk with him? Or will you say you're too busy and walk away from him? Amen? We don't need part-time Christians. I like to use that. That's a big phrase I like to use. I don't like to, you know, use anything else but part-time Christians. We need 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week kind of Christians. We don't need people taking vacation from God. I've heard people say, I'm going to take a vacation from, from church and all that. <laughs> I'm like, what? You can take a vacation from church. So uh, who are you going on the trip with? The enemy? <laughs> because if you don't have God, that's the only one you're going to take with you. Amen. Each moment we take our attention off of God, the enemy steps in. We need to have people that understand, Peters, that understand and say, God, though Jesus, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know why? Because you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. He that dwelleth in the secret of the Most High stands before me. If God be for us, who can be against us? Our God is greater. We sang it earlier. Our God is greater. Our God is higher than any other. Hallelujah. You have to know that that's your God and that God wants a relationship with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to see the tears cry for him, to, to touch him, to be able to just get a hold of him. 
He needs Peter to understand and say, look, I know who God is in my life. He's my deliverer, my restorer. Amen? He's my provider. He's my shelter. He's my sustainer. When I feel weak, he sustains me. When I need protection, he protects me. Hallelujah. When I need healing, he heals me. When I need correction, he corrects me. When I feel hope, he gives me hope. When I don't have faith, he gives me faith. When I can't see it, I pray to it about it, it gets done. You can't preach and teach a God that you don't believe in yourself. You can't go in and tell somebody, let me tell you about Jesus Christ, but then be like, well, who is he? Well, I don't spend that much time with them, so I don't really know him that well. But I do know what pastor told me. And pastor told me that he is the healer and deliverer of my soul. Well, how do you know him then? I really don't. But bring on Kiki, do you love me? And you know it all. <laughs> I use that a lot because in my business, we had like a video that they did. They brought out a video and they wanted everyone to do the Kiki, do you love me dance. And all these employees are doing it. So I was like, it's amazing how something that catchy catches people and it just gets them. And they don't have any shame. They'll put themselves out there whether they look, you know, my boss uses the word ratchet or not, you know. Whether they look it or not, they're out there, out there doing the Kiki dance. But only in the four walls, though, the Christians can say, you know, can't do anything. They can only do their dance inside the four walls. Only in the four walls, Christians can be who they can be. Because out there, they're not accepted. Because out there, it's weird, and, it's, and, it's, and they're, not, they're not like the rest of us. So they want you to do the kiki dance. Instead of doing the Holy Ghost dance. Instead of doing a victory dance, knowing that God has given you the victory. So I'm here to tell you today that Peter knew the God that was before him because he spent time in the spirit with God. He knew he was. It was the spirit of God. And the final thing that the church has declared is that God says, upon this rock I will build my foundation. Not upon Peter, but upon the idea, okay? The idea is that this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not provide, uh, prevail against it. What was he was saying is that if you know God because of He, because you walk with him, that is what he is building his church upon. Salvation by faith, knowing who God is to your life. Amen? He says that the gates of Hades, which is known as hell, shall not prevail against the church. Let me just share something with you, Jubilee, and I'm coming to a close very soon. That no matter what has come our way in the church of Jubilee, you can stand firm and know one thing, and I'll declare it before the Almighty God in Jesus' name, that nothing formed against us will prosper. People will come and go. People will not be here at some time. Some people will be here at times. It doesn't matter because there is no weapon, whatever the enemy throws at us, that's going to prosper against the church who is rooted in Jesus Christ. Amen? So if you got a reason to dance, dance for the victory that we already have. For the word of God says that the battle is not ours, it is his. Amen? And then he says, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you bound on, earth, on heaven shall be bound on earth. God has given you every authority. We preached about this last weekend. He has, you have the authority. But he wants you. To get to know who God is. So I ask you today. Who is 
God to you? Ask yourself and be honest with yourself. Because you, you can fool me all day. You can fool yourself, but you can't fool God. If you spend more time with everything else but God, it's a problem. But God wants you to know today that he loves you. Go ahead and stand. That God loves you. He loves you. He desires to spend time with you. He wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to save you. And then, for most of us, we might say, for most of us, we might say, what is he going to save me from? Because I'm already saved, Pastor. I've already been baptized. I've accepted Christ in my life. What is he going to save me from? Your flesh. Because if Jesus ain't running your life, it's your flesh. God wants to put the pieces back together in your life. He wants to set you back on track. The beautiful thing about God is that his mercies are made new every day. Which means you and I don't have to be perfect to serve a perfect God. Because the word of God says in our weakness, he is made perfect. You know why that's the case? Because that's the lowest part of your flesh when you're weak. Your flesh has no control. It has nothing there that can take you to another level because it's so weak, the flesh at that moment. So that's why God is so powerful in those moments when you're super weak because your flesh cannot do anything with it. So the supernatural spirit of God comes in and begins to strengthen you. The more time you spend with God, the more you reflect His glory. The more you reflect His glory, the more your life's going to make sense. If you're a confused puppy and you have no idea what's going on in your life when God's moving or when He's not moving, that's because you lack that intimacy with God. Because those who know God, like Peter, they know when God is moving. They recognize His Spirit. And they smell and they're like, that's a beautiful smell. That's my God. He's here. I know he's here. And then you get the chills that run through your body. You're like, oh, Jesus, I, I feel the spirit of God in this place. And then you begin to lift up your hands and surrender. And then you begin to feel the presence of God fall upon you. And then he begins to love you. I, I pray that you stay encouraged. Hallelujah. If God has spoken to you today, or if there, you know, there's a prayer you need, I'm going to ask that you come. Just come to the front. Just get in line. Um, I think that as a church, actually, I'd like for everyone, just grab your wife if you're married. Grab your spouse. Come on to the front. Find you a place. Let's just pray as a church. Let's just pray as a church. If you have kiddos, pick up the kiddos. Put them in your arms. Let's just get together real quick. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bring all your family. Come to the front. Just find a place that's comfortable for you in the front. Hallelujah, Jesus.